on the podcast On Being, late theologian and pastor Eugene Peterson was asked what kind of church people should join. And his response, go to the closest church where you live and the smallest. After six months, if it isn't working, go to the next smallest church. When asked by the host, what is it about small rather than big? Peterson said, because you have to deal with people as they are. You've got to learn to love them when they are not lovable. Now, I have no interest in denigrating large congregations or communities. Being small is not inherently superior to being big, or vice versa. But Peterson hit on a truth. When you're small, you got to figure out how you're going to live together. You can't just ignore the people you don't get along with. In a culture which brainwashes us into believing that bigger is always better, that finding the right church is little different from finding the right life insurance company, the small community has an opportunity to be radically countercultural. They can point to Christ in a unique way. The prophet Micah, along with 11 other minor prophets of Scripture, demonstrate the unique power of the small. Micah was from Moresheth, a small city in Judah about 25 miles south of Jerusalem. In other words, Micah was from the sticks. He wasn't a rock star at court like his contemporary Isaiah was. He didn't enjoy the protection of the capital city during the Assyrian invasion. Indeed, his town was likely destroyed. He didn't enjoy any particular power or influence. It's remarkable that we have his writings at all. And yet Micah demonstrates both God's judgment and God's mercy in an unforgettable way. So unforgettable that perhaps you have Micah 6.8 cross-stitched on a pillow somewhere in your home. Like, Mike, like Isaiah, Micah starts his book with an image of judgment. This isn't a, a cross-stitched verse here. Unlike Isaiah, which frames God's complaint as a lawsuit, Micah gives a terrifying image of God coming down to tread upon the, upon the high places of the earth. In the Old Testament, high places, hills and mountains, were places of sacrifice. That's where people went to worship God or the gods. But there's another meaning of the high place, and that's where the leadership of the nation is. The leadership of the two kingdoms of Israel and Judah is so bad that God is coming down from heaven to set things right. Maybe you've seen those billboards. Don't make me come down there. God. That's kind of the image we have here. The little towns of Moresheth, Shafir, Zanan, among others, have been forgotten by the leadership, left to the Assyrians to plunder. But there's another little town a little town that will do again what it once did some 250 years before Micah's time. A little town that will bring forth another shepherd king. The difference is that this one will be one of peace, not of war like David was. The insignificant farming town of Bethlehem, literally house of bread, that's what Bethlehem means, 
will give rise to God's anointed one, the one who is truly God with us, Emmanuel. And this anointed one will not be like any other leader. This one will feed God's sheep, not prey upon them. We heard how David became the, the shepherd king to a wolf among the sheep. We heard that several years, several weeks ago. In this one will be genuine strength and security, not the transient kind that is the only kind that human leaders can offer. But this one won't look much like any king or leader in the human imagination. He won't have an army. He won't have land. He won't have wealth. And though the crowds will be intrigued by him, they won't hang around very long. Indeed, this shepherd of Israel will be a target for the wolves of his society, both religious and secular leaders. They will kill him, this unlikely king, born in a backwater town. But death will not be able to hold him. He will be raised up, and he will commission a group of people, a group of very unlikely people, to continue to proclaim his good news, the defeat and destruction of death and sin, that in him we have our ultimate security, that we are liberated not just from worry, resentment, and fear, but from sin and death itself. That's what the church is for, to point to that. That's what small congregations like us are for. 19th century French theologian Alfred Loisy remarked, not without irony, Jesus foretold the kingdom. And it was the church that came. Seems a little bit disappointing, but that indeed is the point. We might expect glory, power, and majesty, signs in heaven and on the earth, but what we get instead, at least for this time, are humble groups of humble people who gather regularly to hear God's word and receive him in communion. Such people, like you and me, are empowered by the Spirit to be good news, the good news of Christ wherever they go. In human, all too human people, God does God's work of healing and reconciling the world. In you and me, God reveals Christ. That's quite the commission. So we get to the last part of our reading from Micah. And in dialogue form, the prophet seems to wonder what sacrifice would be enough to satisfy God, as Mike just talked about with the children's sermon. What would be enough? In classic Jewish hyperbolic form, which is the same kind of form employed by the prophets and by Jesus, he wonders if the Lord would be satisfied by ever grander and grander gestures up to the sacrifice of his firstborn. Would that be enough? With God is bigger, better. And the answer comes back. No grand gesture can ever be enough. What is enough is the day-to-day -day living, the striving for justice, loving chesed. That word shows up again. It shows up everywhere in the Scripture. Loving kindness, loyalty, and mercy, and walking humbly, or perhaps better, deliberately, with God. Maintaining relationship with God, just as we maintain relationship with each other, 
in this small congregation. It's the day-to-day stuff. It's not big stuff. What the tr- that's what the church is for, living out the small day-to-day things that get no headlines and garner no celebrity. In doing justice, loving Hesed, and walking deliberately with God, we live out the gospel of the one who came to reconcile us to God. And we show that we have faith our security is in him, in Jesus Christ. Not in how much money we have, not in the number of members we have, and certainly not in how charismatic or dashingly handsome the pastor is. Truly humble, right? (laughs) Jesus came from small towns. Much of his ministry was visiting small towns. He truly is the humble one, the one who epitomized what doing justice, loving kindness, and walking deliberately with God looks like. God destroy any trust we have in what we can do for ourselves or in our own power or greatness and instead build our trust in the only one who is worthy of it, Jesus Christ. God has chosen us, his humble church, in this particular place to be, point his, to be pointers to his Christ who liberates and redeems. Thanks be to God. Amen.